This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Thanks. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, good gardening. We are live and lively from the Shop and Save Fluorescent location, which is in the Flower Valley Shopping Center at the intersection of New Halls Ferry and Limburg. So uh, what are we here for? Well, I'm going to be talking to a gentleman very soon, and he'll explain why they're here, why we're here, and all kinds of other things as well. Uh, back in studio, you're going to find that Samantha's there and Greg's there. They're doing the production, producing. So when you call, they're going to ask you your name, where you're calling from. And then Ryan Schulte is here doing the engineering. And the second hour is the tip of the trial hour, and I'm going to be giving the tip of the trial in a few minutes. But thanks for having me on your show. And remember, if you were not there, I would not be here. So questions, comments, or concerns, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. We can talk about your annuals. Your pansies should be absolutely spectacular right now. Your daffodils, your tulips, your crocus, your spring flowering bulbs, don't cut the foliage off those at all, but this is a good time to start fertilizing them, whether they're in flower or they've finished flowering, that's gonna build the bulbs up for next year. Your edibles, your ground covers, like the lady said, she had ivy that just, I mean, this past winter just got wiped out. It was older and just couldn't take that really cold spell. How about your lawn? Your zoysia should be greening up just a little bit. Your fescues and bluegrasses should be really looking nice. Uh, perennials, lots of perennials are pushing upwards. And your roses, as your roses, you see the new growth on your roses. Once the new growth gets about two inches, that's when you should be making the first application of rose food. Your shrubs, your trees, your vines, or your water gardens. But please remember my answers, comments, and opinions are strictly offered as an option to help achieve you get to your goal and by no means the not the only garden path to take i'm mike miller i've been doing the garden hotline since 1994 i've written five gardening books they're currently available at various locations and also i write articles for the missouri gardener magazine and if you're considering changes in your yard your landscape or you're just wondering what's going on whether it's aesthetic or problem solving i can come to your home and do what i call a walk and talk you can go to my website mikemillerdesigns.com and on the home page there's my email address and phone number and we can schedule a time where i'll be coming to your home today is tip of the trial special recognition individual group or a situation that's made an impression on me is brought to you by st louis composting and today's tip of the trial goes out for uh really kind of a unique let me try to get these pages taken apart here uh, uh, nerve-wracking anyway there's a there's an organization here called forest relief of missouri they have planted just recently their 200,000 thousand how do you say 200,000 200,000 and they have a th on the end 200,000 well anyway 
they have planted 200,000 trees since they've started. So this is forest relief of Missouri. And they're going to plant that you know, 200,000th tree in Fairground Park in St. Louis. And it's going to be a bur oak, which is Quercus macrocarpa be planted in the forest relief by the forest relief staff and neighborhood volunteers. They're also going to be planting 50 other trees in the park as well. So it's going to be a great time. I mean, this organization has done nothing but it's a not-for-profit organization, and it's really dedicated to guiding and inspiring volunteer efforts in planting and caring for community trees and forests. They've been doing this since 1993, so the year before I started at uh, KMOX. So just remember, if you want more information regarding this, you can call the phone number 314-533-5323, or you can go to www.forestkeepers.org, or you can go to info at moreleaf.org as well. So moreleaf means Missouri Relief. <laughs> Very good. So Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. We will be back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, we are live and lively from the Flower Valley Shopping Center where the Boy Scouts and Mears Goodwill are collecting donations. So if you got things that you'd like to donate, just stop by. They've got Boy Scouts here to actually take it out of your car. So the effort is not much on your part other than getting the donations here, and both organizations will appreciate it. And joining me right now is John. Is it John Ott? Adi. Adi. Mm -hmm. So they actually pronounce the E on the yeah, end of it. Hey, I don't believe that. At You're some point, that was up. probably a much longer German name, but, you know, we'll go with Adi <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so you look a little bit old to be a Boy Scout. You look like you should be an explorer. <laughs> uh, well, I've been in the Boy Scout program now uh, off and on since I was probably the same age as my sons. So I'm. it'd probably be my 32nd year in the program now. My goodness. Wow. So, so you should be an explorer. I should be an explorer. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about how you guys got involved with Goodwill and this whole circumstance and everything else. Absolutely. So we started about two years ago uh, partnering, with, partnering with Goodwill. We work with them. They work with us. Pardon me. They work with us on scouting for food and give us signage and kind of help promote the, uh, all the event. They help uh, defray, defray the cost of the bag and stuff like that. As a repayment, we work with them on Earth Day, collecting donations from the area. So scouting for food, that's when the Boy Scouts drop bags, tie them mm -hmm. to your railings and things like that, and then come back and pick them up, I forget how many days later, a week later or something? That's correct, and it's the, it's the biggest one-day food collection in all of St. Louis. Oh, really? It is. Wow, that's impressive. So how long, you guys are going to be here for a couple more hours. Yep. And so I see today. somebody carrying a pretty heavy bag over to the trailer. So, you know... This is just amazing how this thing is well so so well coordinated. It is, and it's been great for us. We are really happy to partner with Goodwill. They've been amazing partners for us. Well, that's great. Well, thanks, John Ati. <laughs> Thank you very much, Mike. <laughs> yeah, and let's go to the phones now. Let's go to Larry, and Larry lives in Baldwin. Hi, Larry. How's it going, Mike? I got very a simple, good. simple question for you. So a few years back, I planted a couple of forsythia bushes in my backyard. And the first year they bloomed, I maybe had 25 little buds on it, on them. There's, I think, three of them. The second year they came up, maybe 25 buds. Making a picture for you. Every Matter of fact, they're blooming right now. I got maybe 25. 
what am I doing wrong or what should I do or should I quit? <laughs> well, are you pruning? No, they don't seem like you're, they're big enough to prune. So you're not pruning them at all or anything else? Um, no. My, so the only thing I could think of, foreseeably are pretty tough, that they may be in a situation, have they gotten any larger stem-wise and everything else? So you're saying they're not big enough to prune, so were they really small when you put them in? Yeah, pretty small. So it may be a maturity factor, but my guess is maybe the soil is really compacted around them, the classic let's say Baldwin clay soil, and the root system's not been able to, let's say, grow out beyond the original hole. So you've basically bonsai these, you know, forsythia. So what you could think about doing is maybe pulling them up, digging a hole, th you know, about three times bigger than what it is right now. And when you replant them, make sure the top of the root ball is about 20% above the surrounding ground. Mm -hmm. And just give them another shot. What about, that what about fertilizer? Would that be any help? Fertilizing would help some, but if fertilizer is not going to help if, the let's say, the hole is not right or everything else is not correct. So fertilizer is sort of like, you know, let's say putting makeup on or something like that or putting gel in your hair so you can make a nice straight part. Okay. It's not really you know, going to do that much. It's not going to make that much difference. Uh, you know, correct soil preparation and everything else and planting technique is going to be much more dramatic. So what if, when's the right time to do that? Well, you know, really you should have done it already, but uh, what you can do is because the weather's still pretty cool, you can actually do it right now. If you want to go out, get it done within the next couple weeks so it can get settled in before the heat of the summertime comes around. Or if you want to, you can wait and do it, let's say, in early September, late August, sometime around that time. Uh, should I use just regular dirt or should I use some special well, you should probably get a sort of a blend of, let's say, compost and topsoil and mix it in with the existing soil. So that's going to be really important to actually mix it in with it. So the root systems can get a taste of what really is there and then also get some improved soil in this mixture. By the way, I, one year, a couple of years ago, we bought some uh, compost from uh, the guys over in Valley Park. Mm -hmm. and the following year, we had a real problem. Wherever we put that compost down, there was weeds and things growing we never saw before. My well, wife, maybe what it did. My wife claims it came from the compost. Well, my guess is you improved the soil so all these dormant weed seeds were there. All of a sudden went, yay, and they started growing. Should the compost be sprayed with something like Roundup before you use no, it? No, 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 no. You don't need to do that. They test all this stuff. They test, you know, I mean, this is all done by professional laboratories as well as on site. Okay. I'll try some more and we'll replant those forsythias. All right, great. Thanks, well, thank Larry. And much. now let's go, yep, let's go to Joyce. And Joyce lives in Florissant. Hi, Joyce. Hi, Mike. Um, I have an easy question. It is, I have these holes in my backyard that are about the size of a silver dollar, and they go real deep. Uh, could be a couple different things. It could be. Are they out there right now? Yep. Or is, is it when the weather is a little bit warmer? Nope. I've got holes everywhere. 
Uh, so that's a little tough because if it was a little bit earlier or a little bit later. What it is is more than likely something like a, a grub emerging up out of the soil. But what also, so it's just holes. There's nothing, there's no soil or anything up on the surface of the ground. Nope. Nope. It's hmm. just holes. And boy, if you, you know, if you put something in and it goes a long way. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, I'm a little, I'm confused by that because I was thinking it was going to be the grubs emerging as uh, beetles and things like that, but the size of a silver dollar. You have a lot of moles in your yard? Uh, no. No, no moles, no voles. I have tree so roots. Not, tree roots, that's not going to, that sh shouldn't make holes. Um, boy, I t to be honest with you, I can't even make up, an, a, let's say, a guess. So, okay. sorry. That's all right. Thanks, anyway. Yeah, but what I would do is, you know, where the holes are, I would get some compost and backfill those holes. Okay. And just pour it right down. Because a hole, a silver dollar is a pretty, that's like almost an inch and a half across, so that's a pretty big right. hole. Yeah. So and they're I mean, all over. Really? There's some that are, you know, a quarter size, and there's some that are a half dollar size. And wow, wait. That's, uh, you know, scary. Yeah. So don't don't ever invite me over to your house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks. Sorry, I couldn't come up with anything. So now let's go to Swansea, and Chris lives in Swansea. Hi, Chris. Hi, Mike. Happy Hi. Earth Day. Well, same to you. Um, I just have a comment. Um, uh, so I always have trouble with my sprayers for the weed control like Roundup and things after a year or so they get kind of clogged up or something so I tried uh, pouring some in a cup or a can and using an old scrub brush and scrubbing the weed with the with the Roundup mm -hmm. and it worked really good and um, I don't have to spray it I can get it right on the weed that I want and um, so anyway it was just a suggestion um, right no I recommend that a lot because of the drift and everything else on the plant material. So I always say, like, use, you know, just, you know, put the Roundup or your herbicide in a bowl or a container. And what I say is basically use a paintbrush. So that's pretty much what you're recommending, too. Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks. Well, thank you. Thanks for the idea. I appreciate your comments because it's, I mean, success. I mean, you can't beat success. Let's go to Gary's yard. And Gary lives in Eureka. Hi, Gary. Hi, Mike. Hey, uh, I had a question. I just have been trying to think of it for three weeks now, and uh, uh, could you give me the botanical name for uh, a tree called American Plains Tree? Do, would you know the botanical name for that? American Plains Tree? I'm thinking that's sycamore. I think you're right. I just could not come up with that in my mind. And another uh, question, when is the botanical garden... Uh, See, I, I called you a long time ago, and I, I wanted the bay leaf plant, like to take the leaves that you use in soup and stuff, and I know they don't sure. grow prevalently around here or anything like right. that. You have to take it in and out and, and uh, you know, be careful with it and stuff. But when uh, does the botanical garden have that sale where I can go in and maybe purchase one of them from... 
Well, the, it would be probably the St. Louis Herb Society. So you can go to the St. Louis Herb Society or go to their website, see when the Herb Society is going to have their sale. Also, the Webster Groves has an herb society. There's several herb societies you know, throughout the entire region, so you can check that. And they may even have some of the, you know, they sell plants year-round. Whether they have the bay leaf plant, I don't know. But uh, I would say just check, with, uh, check their website and look for when the herb society is going to have their sale. Okay, and uh, Alex Clavius, I never hear that mentioned too much anymore. It, is that not uh, recommended for planting around anymore? Or? No, it really isn't. And How come? the botanical name for the sycamore is Platanus, P L A T A N U S. Platanus. Platanus, oh. P. Oh, P. You're right, P. Okay. Um, now, Alex Clavius, that's the inkberry, right? Right. I mean, some people are using it, but for the most part, it doesn't have the aesthetic value. It's great for a low, you know, area where it's wet because it's native to the, let's say, the swamp areas of Missouri. But consequently, as it grows, it always, the bottom third of the plant loses all its leaves because it's just natural, you know, let's say, umbrella shape. So that's where it kind of lost its, let's say, popularity. It's still out there. You can still find it available. And let's say there's a few varieties that are, a little bit, uh, you know, smaller, so they don't look quite as rough. But I was just at a house this past, let's say, probably within the last week or so, and they had them planted along the foundation of their house. And, I mean, it's great. You know, the top, let's say, it was, they were three feet high. The top two feet had leaves, but the bottom, you know, one foot just had nothing but sticks. Yeah, so. darn, they're beautiful plants, especially the jade-colored ones, you know. Right. I think they got variegated ones now, too, I believe. Yeah. yeah, those would probably be marginally hardy. But thanks, Gary. Greatly Thank appreciate it. Yep, and Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller, on KMOX. This, folks, Earth Day donation drive at, uh, what is it, 11, 11 different Shop and Save stores and at the Family Arena in St. Charles. So there's Boy Scouts right here waiting to take the donations that you have so you can just drive right up and stop your car and they'll be coming right over and getting the things out of your car. And these donations are really, I mean, they really help Mirror's goodwill. And it's, it puts people to work. It really just helps all kinds of different circumstances. And the revenue from the sale of the donated goods advances Goodwill's mission on changing lives through the power of work. And it's, it's just a great organization, both the Boy Scouts and Mirrors Goodwill. And certainly they are thankful to Shop and Save for having the guess what, donation sites in or near their stores. So today, for another 10 minutes, on a little 23 minutes, we're going to be here at the Flower Valley Shopping Center, which is in Florissant at the intersection of Limburg and New Halls Ferry. Let's go now to St. Charles and go into Frank's yard. Hi, Frank. Hi, Mike. Hey, I was wondering, can I, I got some leftover bulbs. Can I fool them by putting them in the refrigerator for a few weeks and then try planting them? You could try it, but uh, you're not going to get any flowers more than likely. You may get some foliage. Interesting. But, uh, yeah. So you may not even get any foliage, but generally that that's what will happen. Because what happens is 
the root system won't get, you know, even if they've been chilled down, the root system won't get well established enough to be able to push out much growth. So whatever's, you know, however, let's say, strong the bulbs are, that's going to determine what they can do. And, you know, when the sequence that you're talking about, usually it's just fly, uh, foliage, and the foliage is not even going to be full size. Okay. And then what, if I did plant them, would they uh, bloom next year? It's hard to say because... Sometimes, depending upon varieties and things like that, you know, especially if they're tulips, they really don't have much of a lifespan as far as longevity factor. So that's kind of, they may flower next year, but if they don't come up at all and you don't have the opportunity to fertilize them, my guess is they won't. Okay. And I mean, you could do the, it. Yeah. What's, you, a, what's, you could, a, what's a good ground cover for a shady spot under a tree? So you want it one that's evergreen? Yeah. Okay, one that's evergreen, probably one of the, they're all going to be somewhat aggressive, but probably the uh, periwinkle, the vinca, V-I-N-C-A, vinca minor, which has blue flowers on it in the springtime, and it grows you know, fairly low. So in other words, like about an inch high, that would probably be the one I'd recommend for an evergreen type. Okay, so it's vinca. Yeah, V I N C. Oh, was it under an evergreen? No, it's going to be under a maple tree. It doesn't matter. I'm not talking about under an evergreen tree. I said, do you want an evergreen ground cover? Gotcha. Thank you, sir. Okay, great. Thank Let's you. stay in St. Charles to save gas and go over to June's yard. Hi, June. Hello, June. Are you there? Hello. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, I have some preem. Is it too late to put that down on the weed with the little red flower on? I've well, got that weed everywhere. Yeah, you probably, it's probably, basically preen is a pre-emergent. So in other words, what it does is when the seeds are laying there on the ground, you put the preen over the top of the seeds, and when the seeds germinate, it kills it. But anything that's up and growing, it's not going to do a bit of good for that whatsoever. So when would you put it on? Very early spring? No, basically with the preen is, you're, I'm assuming you're probably talking about the hen bit. That stuff germinates in August. Oh. So in other words, you've got to put this, the preen down at that time of year. So mid to late August, then when the seeds will germinate within the next several weeks after that, then it'll kill those seeds at that point. So there's two different kinds of weeds. One's a cool season weed, one's a warm season weed. So the chickweed, the henbit, those type of things, the one with the small blue flowers, the Persian speedwell, those are ones that germinate in late, you know, let's say late August. So that's when you need to put the preen down at that time. Well, let me ask you this. In late August, if I haven't pulled them up, they're still there. Just put it on top of them then? These are, uh, maybe I'm misunderstanding what kind of weed this is. Red-flowered weed? Yeah. And it, mm. it appeared just lately. And I noticed cream is sold in all the stores now, so I just wondered if it was too late to put it down. Yeah, it's basically, by putting it down, you're going to get rid of, you're going to help control some of the warm season weeds that seeds are just germinating now. I see. So, so best I dig it up and put it down, see what happens. Huh? Right, exactly. Okay. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, and if you've got this weed that's you know persistent throughout the entire year, then that's probably not an annual weed. Usually the cool season weeds 
when the weather starts warming up by the end of, let's say, mid to late May, they disappear, but they've dropped seeds the whole time. And then those are the seeds I'm talking about that come up in August. The warm season weeds basically start coming up when the forsythia is in bloom. That's when the seeds start germinating. And then they go all the way up until the weather is colder. And that's, you know, they can grow all the way up until August, or I mean, October or so. So there's two different, you know, types of seeds, cool season weeds and warm season weeds. So that's the, the basic difference. So thanks, June. And let's see if we can get another call in. Let's go to Gloria in Springfield, Illinois. Hi, Gloria. Oh, good morning, uh, Mike. How you doing? Very good. Okay. I have two quick questions. One, I, I bought pansies at the grocery store, and then I looked online on how to treat them so they stay alive. And sure enough, they're doing great. They're on pebbles, and I... I had a lot of flowers. Can I put them outside? Sure. Yeah, they love it outside. They like the cool weather. Now, just understand pansies is a cool season annual. So when the weather starts warming up in June, they're pretty much going to just disappear. Is it a perennial or an annual? No, it's an annual. It's an annual. Okay. And the second thing is uh, I had uh, my gardener put down pre-emergent um, um, uh, does that mean I really shouldn't do any, uh, try to grow any new grass until the fall? Uh, it all depends on what type of pre-emergent you put down. Some of the pre-emergents, you know, you can put the grass seed down, but, you know, you've got to wait generally two to four weeks or a little bit longer, sometimes up to eight weeks, depending upon, again, what type of pre-emergent is. Because if you, do, if you put the grass seed down and the pre-emergent is still, let's say, effective, it's just going to kill the grass seed yeah. as the grass seed germinates. Well, do you think it's too late to, to, do, uh, to, to put down grass seed? Uh, no, if you're not going to put, I would not put a pre-emergent down this late. Well, but he, yeah, but he did it about two weeks ago. Put down yeah, the- you, could, you, you could fool with it. Find out what type he put down and oh, ask, you know, tell him, find out, have him read the label and see because they should lay, uh, put on the label, you know, how soon after the pre-emergent is put down that you can actually, you know, put grass seed down. Okay. All right. Thanks, Mike. I enjoy your show. Uh, uh, well, as thanks. You say, our show. Yes, your show. Thanks. <laughs> okay, bye. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller, sponsored by Allen's Tree Service on KMOX. Yes, folks, we're live and lively at the Earth Day Donation Drive here at the Flower Valley Shopping Center in Florissant. This, the, we're going to be here only for a few more minutes, but these guys are going to be here till 3 o'clock today. So if you'd like to stop by and donate either at this location or 10 different Shop and Save stores, why not? And you can also go to the St. Charles Family Arena as well, all the way till 3 o'clock. And uh, they've, you know, the Goodwill and Boy Scouts both appreciate Shop and Save for hosting this donation. So... If you're not exactly sure which stores, you know, or parking lots or whatever, have the trailers pick up the stuff, well, you can go to their website and check it out because they will have it there. So anyway, let's go to the phones now. Let's go to George, and George is in O'Fallon, Missouri. Hi, George. Good morning, Mike. Hi. Hey, a few things. Um, as far as holes in the yard, that could be squirrels. Because of the right, somebody else said that. Yeah. And then as far as... Um, I started some plants from seed indoors and under grow lights right now. Mm-hmm. What, what is the optimal temp- ground temperature that I could expect some growth out of them when I'm putting them out? Uh, what kind of plants are they? Uh, zinnias, Mexican sunflowers, goldenrod, stuff like that. 
probably, you know, you could probably stick them out, but they're not going to do much growth because the ground is still fairly cool. I would say if they're looking good, looking healthy and everything else, I'd keep them inside at least for another couple weeks. What ground temperature would we be looking for? Uh, probably, let's say, mid-60s to 70. Okay. And then I'm going to be able to harden them off, like, after work, a couple hours after work every evening. How long would you harden them off before you'd put them in? I would probably do it, uh, you know, it's probably not all that important. As long as the ground temperature is correct and you're getting them in a good location, I wouldn't worry too much about doing that. So, I mean, I know I tell people don't put them directly in the sun, but put them in the part shade for probably, you know, a couple days and then, you know, uh, and then bring them back inside so they're, or just leave them outside in the part shade for probably a week or so. Okay, very good. Thanks, sir. Yep. And now let's go to Crestwood in the, excuse me, Mary's yard. Uh, wondering about your thoughts on a serviceberry bush or tree. I can't tell if they're trees or bushes. There's two different plants. There's okay. one that's a tree, so a single trunk, and there's one that has multiple multiple stems coming up out of the ground. Okay. So the, do you love it? Like? I think it's great. You know, okay. Multiple season seasonal appeal. It has the flowers before the dogwood in the springtime. It has, you know, nice after those flowers, those flowers turn into red berries. And then it has great fall color as well. Okay. And I don't think that squirrels, if those holes are so deep, maybe, <laughs> maybe a vole, E-O-L-E. <laughs> right. It, that's why I couldn't come up with anything, because she said the holes were a foot deep. Yeah. I mean, that that's pretty just, darn. Usually yeah. squirrels go down about three inches at the most. That's right. So, and can I trim my maple, my maple tree and my uh, my rising sun now, or should I wait a bit? No, just, probably just, the maples are best pruned in the summertime versus this time of year or in the fall. Okay, thank you so much. Yeah, that's all the maple trees. They just they seem to work better when they're pruned at that time of year. So thank you, and uh, let's go now to well Columbia, Illinois, and that's Mary. Oh, Marjorie. Marjorie, how are you today? I, I'm fine. How are you? I'm so Very glad to be on, on our show. Um, my friend in Waterloo has about three acres of land, and he planted two uh, red maples last year. Now, we can see that there's a deer path, and he had nursed them along in the pots and kept them in the shade, and then he put them out in the fall, and during the deer ate the bark off of them, and, and I think we think they're dead. We think they're dead. They just killed them. The bark is just gone. Anyway, so now he's bought two red oaks, and he plans to pull up those maples and put the oaks in. What can he do to protect him from the deer? Physical barrier, that would be one of the things. So, in other words, put a really strong fence around it, also using some of the repellents. But this is really a difficult circumstance because depending upon how, you know, how bad the winter actually is, the deer are going to get desperate for, you know, for chewing on things. And they're going to go after things because the smaller trees, the bark doesn't have texture like on the larger trees. That's why they don't go after larger mature trees all that much. They go, back, they go after smaller trees that have smoother bark or other trees that even at a mature size have smoother, smoother bark. Okay, well, these would be oaks, and would they, probably, they would probably be a little bit more difficult for the for the deer if you can you wrap something around the trees i mean around the bark 
Uh, well, can you give them so uh, are they, a tar substance or something? So is this is this are they just are they rubbing their antlers on it or are they actually eating? No, I think they're eating it. I mean, he okay, said they so, just stripped it. Okay, so if they're stripping it, what he could do is get like black corrugated, you know, pipe like plumber's pipe, split uh-huh. it down, get like three or four feet, however long the trunk is, three or four feet of that, split it and put it around the trunk. Okay, Cor- good farmers. Okay, like like you put on the outside of a house to extend the water away from the house. Exactly right. Put that kind the, of stuff. The flexible and, black pipe. And, and put that around the trunk. Right. Okay, you think that'll pretty much do it? Well, it should. I mean, they'd have to eat through the plastic of the pipe to get to the bark. Right, that's true. And then what what would you do? Where you split it? Would you tape that back up with something? Uh, so No, no, just leave it alone because you pull it apart after you split it, and you pull it apart, put it around the trunk, and it has the flexibility that it's just going to close up on its own. It's going to close up on its own. Okay, yeah. and that ought to do it. If you put it yep. down real, real low into the ground and then put it, make sure it comes up pretty much almost to where the branches come out, right? Right, exactly. That's okay. about all you're going to be able to do. Okay. Thank you so much, Mike. Thank you very much. Sure. Let's go on now to DeSoto, and that's Vernon's yard. Hi, Vernon. Hi. Uh, I've got a couple of questions. One, uh, I've been have some uh, able to get to some uh, uh, decomposed uh, tree shreddings and such as that. It, does that make good compost? And also on the nitrogen application when you're putting it down when it's on a label and stuff, is that for the year or for each application? So it depends upon, uh, you know, as far as the nitrogen, so in other words, you're having a soil test done. Is that why you're asking about the nitrogen? I had one done, and I was wondering how much to put down uh, each time, and it needed some applications of different things. Well, the nitrogen only stays in the soil for a few days. So just on a routine basis, put the nitrogen down because that's your soil test will never indicate there's any nitrogen there because after a few days, it becomes a gas and goes up into the air. So that's oh, okay. why your soil test always indicates there's never any nitrogen. Okay. And what was your, I forget what your first question was? Uh, tree timber, uh, where they drop it and then they let it decompose, uh, is that decent uh, uh, compost? No, that's not compost. That's okay for mulch, but it's not a good compost necessarily, especially unless it's totally you know, biodegraded because if you put bark down into the ground as a compost, it really dehydrates the soil and could cause you some real problems. Your plant well, has been down several years. Okay, then it probably is okay. I would, you, know, you could mix it in with your soil. Okay. Uh, thank you very much. Yep, and thanks to everybody for calling in, and I want to thank the folks here at the Flower Valley Shopping Center. I want to thank the Boy Scouts. I want to thank Goodwill as well. And again, you've got till 3 o'clock today to drop off your donations here. So not just this location. There's 10 other you know, Shop and Save stores that are doing this, as well as the Family Arena in St. Charles. So, wow, great day. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. See you next week. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.